You know, when you turn the light on, you usually do that for a reason. Most often the reason is because you want to see. You want to see what's there. I know living out here at Hilltop, I, especially where we live, it, I always have light on and a flashlight. And I check out in the backyard before I let my little dog out because you never know what's going to be there. Many of you understand what I'm talking about. And one time I didn't do it, and uh, there was this real nice looking, looked like a black cat with white stripes. <laughs> yeah, it was close, I'm telling you. The only thing I can say is, thank God a skunk's faster than a dash hound. <laughs> but generally we turn light on because we want to see what's there. It's, it's, we use it to reveal something, either to help us read, to help us see, to... Uh, Better identify if you're having problems reading something or seeing something. A lot of times you get in a brighter light and that way you can see it a little easier, see a little better. And that's the purpose of light. We've been talking about since, uh, since before Christmas. We've been talking about the light. And in all the, the talking and the preaching and the scriptures on light, one of the things I wanted to bring us to was a time in which we understood the light actually reveals something. It's not just about having this light up there somewhere that's just kind of, okay, we have a light. The light's there for a reason. It's there to reveal something to us. It's help us see our way better, to help us see more clearly, to help us understand what is around us, what's in the room or what's in the presence uh, around us. And that is exactly why Jesus came. He came that we might have a light and that that light would reveal something to us. And so uh, in putting this series together, I thought, what's the, what, what is really the, the one explanation of what Christ reveals? And there are many things we can, we can go to. We know he's salvation. We know he's the son of God. We know all these different things. But what sums it all up? And Christ provides the answer in John 14, 1 through 6. Don't let your hearts be troubled. In other words, don't worry about what goes bump in the night. I kind of like that part. That's not out of the Bible. That was my interpretation, okay? Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you. So that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. Now Jesus talks about where he's going, what he's going to do, preparing a home. It's a place for us. And then he tells them, you know the way where I'm going. You know how to get there. Evidently, this was a surprise statement to his disciples because uh, Thomas says, no, we don't. We don't know, Lord. We have no idea where you're going. So how could we know the way? If we don't know where you're going, 
How can we possibly know how to get there? And Jesus told him, said, Thomas, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. In fact, I am so much that way that no one can come to the Father except through me. So Christ, as the light of the world, friends, reveals to us. He is a revelation of things. He turns on the light of understanding. He turns on the light of ability. He turns on the light of direction. All of these things he does. We just need to understand it. Charles Kingsley has written, There is but one true, real, and right life for rational beings. There's only one life worth living and worth living in this world or in any other life, past, present, or future. And that is the eternal life which was before all worlds and will be after all are passed away. And that is neither neither more nor less than a good life. A life of good feelings, of good thoughts, of good words, of good deeds. The life of Christ and the life of God. As I said, the purpose of light is to reveal what is. To let us better see our way. See if there's anything we have to to be concerned with on the path to see what is around us, to better read, to better understand, to better prepare, uh, for no other reason than for a sense of security. Some people, if you're alone in the house, you like to have all the lights on just because it makes you feel better. Maybe you like having all the lights on outside because it makes you feel better. Light is there to reveal. And in our text today, we begin with a promise. And the promise that God, that Christ gives us is that there's a place of eternal refuge. There is a life of eternal security, of refuge that can be lived. And he is preparing a place for us for that life to continue. It's not that we someday will gain that life. Friends, we're living it. We're just living it on a level that is separated from God. That's why we need Christ. That's why we need the light. But it is a life nonetheless that we are living. We live eternally, just not on this level. And he is preparing a place for us that we may someday join Christ in his home. But of necessity, this promise that Christ brings to us is a dilemma. For the dilemma that comes with it is a need to choose. Number one, you have to choose whether to turn on the light or not. How many of you ever get up in the middle of the night? Got to get up and go get uh, water. We'll just stick with that. 
Amen. How many of you get up and just flip on all the lights unless you live by yourself? Because somebody else, kids or the husband or wife, may be like, ah, turn the lights off. I was asleep. I was, you know, lights are bothering me. Yeah. You see, turning on the light is a choice. You can walk in darkness if you want to. You can choose to walk through this world in darkness trying to find your way and feel your way through if that's what you choose to do. You can do that. But Jesus said there's no reason to do it. You can walk through this world securely. You can walk through this world in a good fashion. In fact, he said, I came that you might have life and have it in abundance. Okay, let's stop for just a quick moment and let's identify something here. This good life, these good feelings that we talk about, When you see things like that in the Bible, we tend to think of, oh good, I can live a life just doing things that make me feel good. But you see, when Christ talks about goodness, and when God talks about goodness, he is not talking about what makes you feel good, he's talking about what is good for you. How many parents do we have here? Go ahead, you can raise your hand, it's okay. Yeah. You parents understand what I'm saying? You ever have kids that would really like to have all the cookies in the bag? You have any kids who would like to eat the desserts and never eat dinner? Do you have kids that would like to eat only one thing all the time? There's just this one thing they're stuck on. I had my youngest grandson was stuck on, he liked chicken, green beans, mac and cheese. I don't care where you were, what you were doing, where you were eating, chicken, green beans, mac and cheese. That was it. And usually just one or the other. And we were constantly, don't you want something else? You need to eat better. You need to eat a more balanced diet. You need, you know, all these things you go through as parents, grandparents, all these things that are part of life. So it's the same way with our Heavenly Father. He knows that there's times when we just like to do the things that make us feel good. We don't want to necessarily do the things that are good for us. But the life that God has given us is a way of life and a clear path of life of things that are good for us. And in the end, friends, when we're doing what's good for us, life is good. It really is. We may not... Admit it right away, but it is good for us. And God is more concerned with your quality of life as we move through this level in relationship with him because he is preparing us for the eternal, not just for the immediate. And we live in a world today, and especially in a society today, of immediate gratification. We want it now. We don't care what tomorrow's consequences are. We just want to feel good today. Just do it. If it feels good, do it. Am I the only one that's seen that? Or is it just so old you don't remember it anymore? That's the way we live. We go for what we feel like doing. How many of you have anticipated retirement in which all you had to do was just play all the time? How'd that work out for you? 
I heard somebody describe retirement the other day as six Saturdays and one Sunday. Yeah. But that's not the way it is, is it? Because life continues on. Responsibilities continue. Things that have to be done. Things that have to be taken care of. Worries continue. Work continues. Things that have to be maintained, taken care of. Life continues. And so when we talk about good, we're not talking about what we want to do. We're not talking about what makes us feel good for the moment. It's what is good for us for eternity. And friends, if it's good for us for eternity, it's really above the exceptionally good for us in this limited life that we live. That's part of it. So the dilemma is we have to make a choice. It's the same option that Adam and Eve faced when they were in the garden. They had to make a choice. It's the same choice that's faced even in relationships. You can have all of the advantages and all the wonders of 68 years of marriage, but at some point in time, you had to choose. Sue and Melvin back there had to make a choice. He had to make a choice. She had to make a choice because he could ask, but she said, nope, guess what? We're sitting here and he's by himself. But I guarantee you in 68 years of marriage, it hasn't all been just smooth sailing all the time. I know better. But it was a choice. And it's a choice they made and a choice they stuck with and they decided we're going to face life together and it's going to be good. And they're sitting back there today, both of them with a smile on their face, looking at 68 years, and they can be proud. 52 years. Jerry and Sandra over here, you can be proud because you've done something. And it may not have always been things that made you feel good for the moment, and I guarantee you, you haven't always done exactly what you'd like to do, but has it been good? When you come to the end of that time and you look back on things and say, this I have done. By the grace of God, by the goodness of God, by the strength of God, this I have done. It's a wonderful thing, folks. Now, in that choice, sometimes we, we might like to do what Thomas did, raise a claim of ignorance. Lord, we're ignorant. Thomas said, Father, or Christ, we have, we have no idea where you're going. We, we don't know where you're going. How would we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way. Here's what we've got to understand. I think all of us here would admit that knowing God is a stretch for us. I don't think any of us have a problem with that. Now, some of you might argue back in faith, oh, no, man, I have no problem with God. I didn't say you had a problem with him. I said knowing him. It's a bit of a stretch for us, or at least sometimes it would seem that way. It's easy for us to feel ignorant. It is easy for us to feel vulnerable in our claim of belief in God, whom we've never seen. And that is an issue, and it is a legitimate one. But it's one that Christ solved. For Jesus said, John 14, 7, If you really knew me, you know my Father as well. From now on you do know him and you have seen him. John 10, 30 said, I and my Father 
are one. Jesus turned on the light of the question of, is God real? What does he look like? What does he act like? What are his attributes? What is his personality like? What are his interests? Jesus turned a floodlight on that in his own life. If you want to know what grace is, study Christ. Remember your 1010 response program? Remember the red letter part you're supposed to be reading? That's why. Because you need to read what Jesus taught. Read what Jesus said. If you want to know God, know Jesus. Because that's who he was. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. Not just general truth. Not truth that that's a white flower. Truth about God. Truth about creation. Truth about this life. And truth about the life of eternity. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Christ was bold enough to make the all-encompassing claim that he was this. Everything they needed to make a right choice, everything they needed to sustain them in that choice had been shown to them by Christ. And if they indeed made that choice, and if they indeed sustained that choice, they would know automatically would be on the path to be where he was. To arrive at that place that he was preparing for them. Jesus was the light of revelation. Matthew 10.40 says, Anyone who receives you receives me, and anyone who receives me, the Father, receives the Father who sent me. He even went so far to say, If they receive you as my people, they receive me. And if they receive me, they receive the Father. So he provides you a direct connection, a direct path. All you have to do is turn on the light, folks. Start looking. Start following. That's all. That's, that's what salvation is really all about. He had shown them the way they should follow. He said, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. This is the way Jesus taught them. It was a way of service. It was a way of humbleness. It was a way of mercy. The very things that God demonstrated to us when Christ was on that cross. Philip tried to use the excuse of seeing God. Philip brings up the question later on in verses 8 through 11. He said, if only God would definitely prove himself or show himself to me, then we could follow him. He, Philip said simply, Christ, you know, I mean, Jesus, show us the Father. If the Father would just show himself to us, then we've got it covered. We've got it made. Philip wasn't thinking real straight because if God had showed himself to them directly, they wouldn't be following anything. They would be dead. How many of you remember that from scriptures? Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you follow me, you follow the Father. For I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. L-I-F-E, life. That's the way. The purpose of light is to reveal what is. 
And Jesus did exactly that. Over the next few Sundays, we're going to look a little more into this statement that Jesus makes. We're going to look a little more into what light really reveals and some of the details that we can see more clearly in the light that's hard to see in the darkness. But the plain and simple truth we face today is the same one faced by those who've gone before us, and it's going to be faced by those who come after us. It is found as far back in history as the book of Joshua. Let me read it to you in closing today, Joshua 24. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt serve the Lord. If it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day then whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were from the other side or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Throughout this season of Lent, friends, and up through Easter, it is my prayer that you will look closely at the choices you make. And that we will take time to weigh them in light of the statement that Christ makes. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. For Christ was the light of the world. Through him we see clearly the path that should be taken. If we choose, flip the switch. Turn the light on. It's not hard. It really is not hard. It just takes determination and it takes the right choice. Let us pray. Father, we come to you today and thank you for we have heard your words. We thank you for the light of the Holy Bible of Scripture that reveals to us, O God, so much if we will but open our eyes and see, open our ears and hear, open our hearts and receive simply open our minds and understand yes Lord we have not seen you directly but your son has been revealed to us and in turn reveals you to us so clearly in fact Lord it is so clear that we must literally choose not to there's no way of mistaking a good life and the goodness that it brings to us Father, there is no lack of people desiring today for that right answer, that right way, the way that brings life to them as they sense in their being that it ought to be. It's just a matter of us understanding. So help us see the light. Help us follow Christ as the way to accept his truth and to be where he is. So that one day, O God, we all will be together in that eternal life you have prepared for us from the beginning of time. Through Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.